Very interesting story out of Waukesha. A teen there was arrested with a rifle um, outside of the high school there, right near the high school. And students there at the school played a large role in making sure that no one got hurt. Dan Bauman is a captain in the Waukesha Police Department, and he is with us this afternoon. Captain Dan, thank you so much for being with us. Thanks for having me, John. I want to ask you a couple questions about what happened to the investigation, but then we're really going to spend a a bulk of our time talking about the role that kids played. An arrest was made, and the suspect was held on a mental health commitment. What can you tell us about that? What what does that mean? Uh, Typically, we don't uh, comment on people's behavior health status, but with this one, that's true of lots of uh, local and and statewide attention, international or uh, nationwide attention because of what the kids did. Uh, so we're just going to navigate those those hurdles. It put a slight pause on the investigation once we uh, allow the systems to work and that individual to navigate through. Uh, we'll introduce them into the criminal justice system and continue on with our investigation relative to the incidents that happened on the other day. Dan, he was 17 years old. Was he a student at Waukesha North? He was not a student and uh, new to the community of Waukesha. So it appears, Dan, that this is Amy. Hi, that he, um, hi, Amy. that he uh, lived next to the school, and he and he had these guns. Could you tell if he was prepared to act, to take go through with an, a school shooting? Do you know what his intent was? The, the intent is something we're looking forward to finding. The why I think a lot of community members, uh, specifically. Uh, the criminal justice system, uh, the police department, the district attorney's office, we're all very curious on the why, um, and we're hoping to find that why. Uh, it's just going to take us some time. And, and, and once those details, they'll be shared most likely in the criminal complaint once we uh, get to that stage in a charging decision. Uh, Captain Dan Bauman is with us on WTMJ. I promise I'm going to ask you about those students in just a second. But uh, can mm-hmm. you tell us what was found on the 17-year-old? He was arrested without incident, I believe. What was found on him? What was his demeanor like? Correct. Uh, Just uh, some odd behaviors, not uh, typical of a a 17-year-old. We were able to locate a semi-automatic pistol that was modified with a brace on it that made it appear to be as a rifle. Um, Located also was some extra magazines, um, this is not typical. This wasn't somebody bringing in their, their shotgun for, for hunting from the house to the, to the back seat of their car, to the trunk of their car to head out on a youth turkey hunt or anything like that. This was clearly behavior that was not consistent with uh, yeah. somebody that was doing a active, um, you know, sporting event. This was something that drew a great deal of attention of the students uh, for them to uh, warn the authorities of this behavior. Uh, Let's get into that, Dan, because this is kind of a textbook example of how we hope that our students, our children behave. Tell us how you became Mm -hmm. aware that there was a situation and the role that students played. Well, we start off by saying, you know, targeted school violence is preventable when the communities come together. They identify early warning signs. They intervene. And these students, um, members of of our school district community, came forward when they He uh, learned and observed this behavior that elicited this grave concern. They went to the school resource officer. School resource officers, commonly known by us as SROs, play a very important role in prevention of school violence. Uh, They develop a rapport with these kids that shows that this is a trusted adult in in the learning environment. And they notified that suspicious behavior and were allowed to 
basically get the SRO to, hey, this is what we saw. You need to do something about this. That school resource officer immediately put us a secure, getting all the kids inside the learning environment, allowing them to continue on with their activities, uh, however, preventing any access to the building. Uh, and then summoning a very robust response from the Waukesha Police Department to that area uh, to mitigate this threat. It makes me proud that these kids... Um, didn't run, they didn't pick up their camera, they didn't get on TikTok or social media, but they reached out to someone who they thought could help. And that's what we need our kids to do in these situations, right? Absolutely. I, I can't say it enough, and I'll repeat it over and over, is that these are the most courageous students uh, that we have. Um, there's many courageous students that we have in the district that want to stand up, that want to continue to get an in, in education, that want to go on and, and do something and be part of a community and be, be good citizens. And, and these kids, yes, uh, the other day um, couldn't be congratulated enough. I, I know that we're very proud of them. Um, the, the, the school community is proud of them. The Waukesha community is proud of them. The police department is proud of these kids because that's exactly what we want them to do. We don't want them to run to the phone and, and videotape it, record it. We want them to get the right people in the right positions to prevent this from escalating. So, Dan, we had a thing. It was like, say something, see something, say something at our high school. This is part of an uh, initiative called Speak Up, Speak Out. So, so these mm-hmm. kids saw this kid with guns, is, is what you're telling me. And then they went to their school resource officer. And that's how it played out? Right. The Wisconsin Department of Justice, uh, specifically the Office of School Safety, has the Speak Up, Speak Out Resource Center. It's a comprehensive one-stop place to turn for important concerns, offering threat reporting, um, consultation, critical incident, uh, a lot of oversight and support to the districts. And this promotes whether it be anonymous reporting, uh, texting, calling in, whatever it may be. These students chose to utilize that program. They spoke up. They spoke up. They went right to the school resource officer. It's so um, important. As a parent, we feel mm-hmm. helpless watching these things happen. So you could go home and mm-hmm. say to your kid, there is a place for you to go if you see something. Reinforce it for your kids to speak up and to say something and that they have a trusted place to go. Yeah, that trusted place and the trusted adult within the school community, that being the school resource officer. And this doesn't give any discredit at all to, to the staff and team members of that of the school district. By all means, they're very responsible and trusted adults as well. But that school resource officer with a with a click of the radio was able to summon a robust response from the Waukesha Police Department to uh, stop this from getting any further. Captain Dan Bauman with the Waukesha Police Department. Good stuff, Dan. Thank you so much for spending some time with us. We appreciate it. Thank you very much, John, for giving these kids the, the well-deserved attention that they, that they deserve. Absolutely. Hey, I want to pivot for a second and tell you about something very important in our community that's happening this weekend. It's the first Stars and Stripes Honor Flight of the season. It's Stars and Stripes Honor Flight, mission number 67. It takes off this Saturday, bright and early in the morning. I'd love for you to come celebrate with us at the airport. Listen to some of the guys that are going to be on this honor flight. Five World War II veterans including a 100-year-old Battle of the Bulge veteran flying to Washington, D.C. for the day. 34 Korean War vets, 118 Vietnam vets, a World War II paratrooper is on there, a Korean War Army veteran who was awarded three Bronze Stars for Valor. And this flight will have the 9,000th veteran that Stars and Stripes Honor Flight will have flown to Washington, D.C., the 9,000th on this flight. You know, my dad was on the honor flight, and he yeah. recently passed away um, at age 94. But the honor flight still meant so much to him. He was in the Korean War, but he was he didn't serve 
in Korea. He mm-hmm. stayed back as a mechanic. Yep. But but being honored and recognized, so meaningful. And just as important, we tell guys, you know what? Those guys that were in Korea or those guys that were in the South Pacific in World War II, they couldn't do what they needed to if the mechanics and the nurses and the instructors and everybody else wasn't here in the United States or in Europe or wherever. So they all deserve to be honored. Yes, they do. You can help us honor them by coming out to the airport. Eight o'clock about is when the first plane will come back to Mitchell. Eight o'clock on Saturday. Bring your family, bring your signs, bring your flags, and just say thank you. Smile and a wave, maybe a hug for our veterans as they come back. Stars and Stripes Honor Flight, Mission 67, takes off on this Saturday. I'm so excited. Wisconsin's Afternoon News on WTMJ. Are you a dude between the ages of 18 and 42? Or No. Maybe you know yes. one. You definitely are not. <laughs> An interesting survey on the hygiene habits of Gen X, uh, Gen Z, and millennial men. Excuse me. Gen Z and millennial men. That's between the ages of 18 and 42. All right, guys, between 18 and 42. 2,000 men were surveyed across America. 73% say they need an intervention when it comes to their self-care habits. They admit it? Yep, 73% Well, is somebody it. telling them they, they smell or something? Maybe. Listen to some of these numbers. 54%. Say they brush their teeth daily. That means 46% say they don't even brush their teeth every day. It's so disgusting. 46% don't brush their teeth every day. And you're setting yourself up for a life of dental problems. Terrible. (laughs) What percentage of those young men do you think wash their face every day? 14. 14? What? Um, Wash your face. Yep. Does a shower in? If you get in the shower. Right. Uh, No, I I think it doesn't unless you actually wash your face in the shower, which I I think most guys don't. I'm going with Greg. I think it's really low. Oh, all right. Well, it's 35. Okay. Well, I'm always cautious in the shower where I put the poofy thing before I put it on my face. The loofah? Uh, yeah, there's definitely an in order. It's you definitely in order. You loofah your face? You, yeah, you want to go north to south. You don't want to go <laughs> south to north. I didn't know you could loofah uh, your yeah, face. It hurt me. Yeah, you got a tough. You got some tough skin What's over the, there. What's the Matzik? puffy thing? It's not the. Is that no, a real it's loofah? shower puff. Yeah, the shower, shower poof. puff. The poof. Oh. Yeah, the poof. Yeah. Not the puff. Well, you 30% guys are of these young men floss. We say it again. 30% of these young men floss. Okay, that seems high. I mean, nineteen percent moisturize. Yeah, all men should be moisturizing. You guys need to moisturize. I just started moisturizing, and it's only because Michelle insisted. That's excellent. Good for Michelle. Okay, that's another point. How many of that nineteen percent are moisturizing because they have a significant other? Ah, of the female persuasion, they're likely moisturizing. Good question. Let's go, women. I have the answer to that. What is it? The answer to that is forty-three percent of the nineteen percent. 43% 43% of, I think this is now all men. Okay. No, no. 43% of those that moisturize only do it because their wife or significant others encourage them. Huh. I've long 43%. been a moisturizer. I've also suggested vitamin C and retinol as well, gentlemen. Okay. You that's, might want to consider. That's too much work. Those are anti-aging products. Are they? Do they work? Mm-hmm. They do. Or are you just spending money? No, I'm, I can't yes you tell? What do you yes. mean? Brat, <laughs> we're having a fight as soon as this is over. <laughs> so of those that... Do use moisturizing products. Seventy-six percent actually use their 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 significant others. So seventy-six percent of men that use the Skinder Prayer product, and I do this. I use Michelle's. I don't. I don't buy my own. Okay. So now, now here's the thing. I have long been a moisturizer. I, I just my you have skin very gets nice dry. skin. Well, I appreciate that very much. I You're also welcome. try and drink a lot of water. Uh, but I, I use like it's it's I use one for everything. Yeah. Right. What I moisturize my legs with, I'm likely yeah. going to rub it on my face. Okay, and then that's... Emily comes running in. She's like, "What are you doing?" Emily yeah. again sh- shows that she's the brains. Of she's the like, I- "I've got stuff you can use." So now I I do use her moisturizer for my face and head. Yep. Uh, and then I use a separate thing for my legs. But I would not buy multiple moisturizers otherwise. I buy a most. I do have my own moisturizer that I use just for when I shave. 
You guys, I have like 50 products. It's really embarrassing. Yeah, we, do. yeah we're aware. Yeah. <laughs> it's just part of the thing. Right? That's how it goes. It's like shoes. We have a separate room in our house for moisturizers. Yeah. <laughs> Truth. <laughs> it's cool to see you guys getting on board with that, though, because it really does make a difference as you start to age. Don't get any younger, that's for sure. Well, right. And then, but what? What are these young men? Kind of not very hygienic. Oh, well, I was. That's kind of what Adam said to me that they were like a bunch of filthy pigs. Was the implication? <laughs> whoa, whoa, whoa! <laughs> Don't put words in my that's mouth. That's your people Amy. you're talking about. Yeah, Rob. I know. I, he knows I love him. I was just it's trying my to my millennial react. boys right here. I, I will say to the point earlier about the moisturizing and significant others. Definitely in that camp. Before Dovey and I met, wouldn't have even crossed my mind. She came into my life about three and a half years ago, and I will say it's just in the medicine cabinet. If I see it, I might grab a little dot. Rub she some look on. really good. Now you're very fair and lovely, very handsome young man, and you um, you're you're maintaining, now. and it looks great. So the one that just jumps out at me is that fifty percent of these young men do don't brush their teeth every day. This is are, really are you kissing someone? Are you I, having a conversation with someone? Like, well, how do you not brush your teeth every but day? But I mean, my girls say that the guys don't really shower. Like, that's... They don't shower? Yeah. Like, they kind oh, of... Oh, that's so gross. Yeah. So it's kind of gross. That's really... Do you wash your hair every day, Amy? Or do you, I is don't it every anymore. other, every third? I've found over the years that it's better not to wash Right, so you're like, like stripping your hair of the oils right. and nutrients that it needs. Correct, with, and with it starts stuff. to get brittle. And do you wash your hair every yeah. day, Greg? I, you'd be surprised, but I do put conditioner up there because I think it softens my skin. It's giving you a glow. Thank you. Yeah. Might be the heat in here. John has yeah, good hair. lights in here. John needs some props. He's got good hair. Oh, thank you. That's You're nice welcome. you to say that. I, I come I from you. a family of good hair. I'm, I'm lucky. It's I'm so lucky. really nice. It is yeah. 444 WTMJ. All these health issues and a couple of more. Dr. John Raymond joins us live in the studio up next. Time for the Milwaukee Health Briefing. We're joined by Dr. John Raymond. He's the president and CEO of the Medical College of Wisconsin. Dr. Raymond, thank you so much for being here. Yeah, good day, John. All right, so I had COVID last week, and wow. I had almost no symptoms. So my wife was recovering from pneumonia, long story short. I started to feel a little short of breath, and I was losing my voice. So I went to the doctor because I didn't want to make sure I didn't have pneumonia. My doctor actually said, we're going to test for everything, but I'm sure you don't have COVID. You don't have any of the symptoms. So I was getting ready to come into work. I was in the parking lot here, and my doctor called, and he said, are you at work yet? And I said, no, I'm not. And he said, well, don't go into work. You have COVID. I said, man, I don't have hardly any symptoms. So here's where my question comes in, because then as I told people that, I had a couple idiots who made comments to me like, see, the vaccine does a lot of good, one person in particular. My response was, I have almost no symptoms, and I'm fine, and I didn't go to the hospital, and I think that's because of the vaccine, and so that's kind of the point of the vaccine. Can you talk about the role of the vaccine and how it can minimize the severity of COVID? Yeah, uh, thank you, John. First of all, I'm glad you're well. Thank you. Um, and yes, there's a lot of confusion about what vaccines are for. Early in the pandemic, the idea of the vaccines was to prevent hospitalizations and death. And the vaccines did that from the very beginning in a very effective way, almost unprecedented. They also were found early in the pandemic to reduce the likelihood of transmission, not prevent it, wasn't an impermeable barrier. Uh, as we had more and more infectious and contagious viruses emerge during the, the pandemic, the variants, um, the effectiveness at blocking transmission went down. Um, but still, the protection that you get from bad outcomes is extraordinarily robust. And so the more vaccinations or shots that you've received and that if you've been infected before, you have some residual protection from bad outcomes. 
Can it also protect against long COVID, too? Do we know uh, that? We don't know 100%, but there is emerging evidence that the vaccines do provide some protection against long COVID. So I feel blessed that I didn't get very sick, but I was irritated because I had to miss work, and I felt good enough to go into work. But the responsible yeah. thing, obviously, was not to come to work, and I followed the guidelines and all of that stuff. So my question is, when's the next booster due? When can I get that? Because <laughs> I want to give myself the best chance of not catching it again because I don't want to miss work or put other people in jeopardy. Yeah, really good question. And I know that the FDA and the CDC are consulting with experts now. We're six months out from people having the um, modified boosters. And we know from previous experience that that's around the time when the um, the strength of the immune response that you have from the vaccine or a previous infection starts to diminish, although we don't know that for sure. Um, and so I'm guessing that there will be a recommendation shortly for people to get another booster um you think it'll be for for ages like all ages i think it'll be for vulnerable people so there may be an age so like uh, in the past but people that are immunocompromised have cancer kidney disease and whatnot Mm -hmm. Uh, amy has a couple questions that relate to the supreme court it's good to revisit this stuff though on covid as tired as people are of it but we are watching a supreme court ruling now on the abortion pill which is difficult to say mephepristone (laughs) so i'm just going to call it the abortion pill um, I want to talk about it because people are still very confused, and this is only added to the confusion. So for people seeking health care who want to know, uh, half of adults, two out of five women of childbearing age, are sure, still unsure if medication abortion is legal in their state. So I just wanted you to give us a quick education on uh, this is not the same thing as Plan B, right? Right. This is medical abortion. Can physicians still prescribe it this today? Yes, although... Um, one of the problems is there's a lot of uncertainty just because of dueling um, court rulings, and this may need to be resolved in the Supreme Court. Right. So it's at the there's a stay right now, and it's still available. It but so it's that ruling is coming probably this week. So yeah. So you are telling doctors when you're a healthcare provider, you say to your system, you can still do it. Are you literally watching these rulings? How do you respond to that? Yes, everybody certainly is, is watching yeah. the rulings, and physicians want to make sure that they can provide the broadest um, available legal care. Right. And so that uncertainty causes issues, and so it's being watched. But for now, yes, you, you can obtain uh, mifeprestone um, from your doctor. But you cannot obtain an abortion. I mean, some women are still very confused about this, right? Like, in other words, like a medical, a, a, a surgical type of intervention. Is that right? Yeah. In these in the state in there, Wisconsin, in Wisconsin, yeah. there are very few exceptions, very few exceptions mm-hmm. where the life of the mother is threatened. where the life of the mother is in jeopardy. Yeah. But for medical abortion, yes. And so for or a miscarriage care type of thing. Right. And mifepristone is used for miscarriages mm-hmm. as well. And actually, in some cases, it's used to treat diabetes associated with Cushing syndrome. So it has non-abortion indications as well. Like off-label things. Yeah. Okay. Dr. John Raymond with us on WTMJ. I want to move back to COVID for a second. We're constantly talking about variants that are out there. There's another one that's gone through India. And the symptoms seem to be different. Are, are the symptoms evolving for some of the strains also? Yeah, they are. And, you know, the virus continues to reinvent itself and become more and more contagious. Fortunately, it hasn't, up to this point, become more lethal. But there is a relatively new variant called Arcturus that did start in India and now is circulating throughout the United States. And what's different about it, it has many of the same symptoms, but it also has pink eye or conjunctivitis, oh. itchy eyes, 
that are associated with it, which is a new symptom. That is we, it here in the United States? It now? is here in the United States. Yeah, would it have been circulating in the fall? Uh, probably not. Yeah. It's, it's only recently been uh, detected and sequences here in the U.S. And again, like any new variant, you, you wonder if it's going to be more severe or cause more death. At, at least in India, it looked like this might be a problem in terms of more hospitalizations than we were seeing with the Omicron variants, but we really won't know until more people here get that variant. And we also have another um, fungus to be concerned about. I, it's Canada aureus. Mm -hmm. And how do you contract this, and should the average person be concerned? Yeah, so um, the CDC um, usually puts warnings out about new Medicaid or uh, new um, infectious agents uh, that might cause problems. And so Canada auris is a fungus that is generally spread within hospitals and um, long-term nursing facility. Uh, and what what's troubling about it is that it doesn't respond very well to some of the three major classes of antifungal drugs that we have available. So do we can, have, we have antifungal drugs. We do. Are they like good weapons? Um, they're not great. Yeah. Some of them aren't. But, yeah. um, you know, we do have three classes that generally are effective. And so what I would say is the general public shouldn't worry about this. Um, it's important for your healthcare provider and your hospital laboratory to be aware that this is a potential problem. And then they can do a specific culture to make sure that you don't have that. And if you do and they see it, they can do sensitivities. What would the symptoms be just quickly? Um, you can have ear problems, wound infections, bloodstream infections, urinary tract infections. All right, Dr. Raymond, your good news of the week. Good news of what the week. What do we week? got? Yeah, you know, um, Sunday's Earth Day. Yep. And um, the theme this year is Invest in the Planet. Um, and we have such great parks here in Milwaukee. We do. That, um, heck, you can go out and enjoy the Earth mm -hmm. at any of our wonderful parks. I like that. What a great idea. Spring has Very sprung. Nice. Thank you, Dr. Raymond. Dr. John Raymond is the president and CEO of the Medical College of Wisconsin. Always appreciate you, Dr. Raymond. Thanks, John. Thank you.